Hi, and welcome to That's My Rini Podcast. My name's Alicia Myronic, and I am your host and creator of this fun new concept. But first, what exactly is Myrony? Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives. But what if you started paying closer attention to your myronies? What if you started connecting the dots? Or as I like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big that it changes your life forever. Not to mention the lives of others. Now that's myrony. Welcome back to That's Myrony Podcast. I am your host, Alicia Myronic, and I am so excited to have uh, my next guest, who honestly I don't know that much about. However, he speaks all about synchronicity because he actually studied Carl Jung for, uh, I'm, we're going to find out for however long. So Alex, you know, I actually should have said, how do you say your last name? Because I do not want to butcher it. <laughs> Well, my last name is so Alicia. Thank you. This is uh, such a pleasure to be on here with you. My last name is Di Carvalho. Di Carvalho. Okay, so I was like, De Carvalho. Okay, Alex yeah. Di Carvalho. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, we're going to share the story of how we connected because it was all thanks to Myrony. But I first would like you to share who you are with our audience. Okay, well, great. So, um, yeah, let's see. Let's start uh, with uh, I'm half Brazilian and half Finnish. I'm born in France. My father was a Brazilian diplomat. And, um, and so that's my origin story, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, I have, uh, let's see, over 30 years, I think, experience in digital marketing. Um, so mostly in startups, but also at uh, the original startup called IBM, where I led oh, wow. social media worldwide. I was also regional director at Constant Contact. So those are two of my more corporate um, positions. Oh my God. Uh, I, I, I actually saw that you were kind of like the startup of Miami, right? Like you were, or not the startup, like you, uh, the tech, the tech part of Miami, I was seeing that. Well, yeah. So, you know, I moved to Miami about, uh, 14 uh, years ago and really there was no tech scene and I was used to a very vibrant tech scene. I was living in Paris for a while Ooh. and there's a very, very vibrant startup tech scene, lots of events, lots of bloggers. And I got involved. Uh, I went to internet conferences there and I got involved in the tech scene and I learned so much um, from, you know, blogging was kind of like just starting back then when I was still in Paris. And I moved to Miami uh, and I knew there was like no tech scene to speak of at the time. And so I um, co-founded uh, Refresh Miami, which grew to 10,000 people. It's a wow. startup community, lots of developers, startups investors, journalists, marketing people. And then I also founded uh, Social Media Club South Florida, which is one of the 300 social media clubs worldwide. Wow. Um, although this one grew to be uh, among the top five in terms of membership. We mm -hmm. had 8,000 people and we had monthly events. So between Refresh Miami and Social Media Club and then a number of uh, annual uh, tech events that I ran, um, which includes Social Media Day. I, I did five of those and six bar camps and a number of Ignite Miami. Um, oh, how and cool. So by doing all of those, <laughs> yeah, so over time, by doing all of those events, I helped kind of uh, 
create a tech and startup community in Miami, which has really taken off uh, since then. That is awesome. So then I also saw something Lotus Orange. What is Lotus Orange that has been showing well, so up? So <laughs> Lotus Orange is kind of um, the new ways I'm, I'm developing, the new interests uh, in my life. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I kind of put that under an umbrella I call Lotus Orange, which I'm trying to develop and see what that becomes. So it's very much an evolution. Um, and it's kind of an evolution of my corporate career into new directions okay. and I'm trying to see where where the world is taking me um, but Lotus Orange has to do with um, you know it has to do with this whole Jungian side shadow work inner work but also helping empower people to um, trust their own intuition and also to understand and overcome toxic relationships okay. what I have found is that a number of people are in, in really bad situations either at home or at work and um, and having uh, experienced uh, that myself and having healed from that yeah I understand how hard that journey is oh yeah so... <laughs> I know that journey I know that journey too I don't know how much you got to hear about my crazy journey but uh, my my first episode is you know but we go through that so that we can understand it that I believe is so that we can help others yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, for those of us who who can and have then filled our own cup, mm -hmm. now it's time to to give back and help others understand. And so yeah. that's what Lotus Orange is. It's to help others understand and overcome awesome. their difficult relationships. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do with Myrony. You know, like I it may be, um, you know, I mean, it's funny. You know, everyone has these Myronic experiences, just not the way I spell my last name, but I believe I'm just a messenger. I believe this was a, a, a divine word given to me, you know, because I literally was smacked across the face. I don't know how many times with these myronies <laughs> over the years to be like, pay attention. And then when I realized that it was a universal word for everybody, it really is just bringing a much greater awareness. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to go into that in just a moment, but I want, um, uh, the listeners to hear the myronic story of how you and I connected because I believe you don't know that story but it was all thanks to our friend Jeff Pulver who uh, he was uh, actually episode 15 of this podcast um, who I didn't know Jeff Pulver so I'm gonna ask first off how you how you knew Jeff Pulver to join the Pulver Network and become part of the amazing uh, online networking group known as the Zulas. Yeah, so by running my events and social media club uh, in particular, I got to know a lot of people in Miami. Mm -hmm. And through those connections, I got to know Jeff Pover. And, and Jeff was, so we have a friend in common, uh, Jeff Sass. Okay. And yeah, and, um, and so Jeff uh, Sass told me, hey, uh, Alex, uh, uh, my friend Jeff Pover is going to be in town and he's going to be having a breakfast. Um, so why don't you come and join us? I heard and, about and... the infamous breakfasts like around the world that and, and for the listeners that don't know who Jeff Pulver is, he's actually one of the co-founders of Vonage. He's the reason he's actually the reason why we are able to speak over or one of the reasons why we're able to speak freely over the Internet because he actually received a premonition. Do you know this? You know this story of him? I didn't know that story. No. He he actually had a premonition 
about like um, phone companies taking control. And he went to, he, he created the Pulver order through the FCC as an incredible story. I'm like, you got it. You got to go back and listen to his episode because <laughs> it was just like, you know, again, it's like this, um, you know, these divine messages that were given, right? You know, and so, um, but anyway, that's who Jeff Pulver is for, for, uh, for the listeners who, who don't know. But so you did, you met him through one of the breakfasts. So, yeah, so it's incredible that Jeff tapped into this kind of uh, divine inspiration to create something so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I met him uh, at one of these uh, breakfasts. It was, you know, at a, at a you know, great place in Miami and uh, there were like 10 people there. And uh, he had a couple of breakfasts and that's how I got to uh, meet him. And then I followed, you know, his 140 conferences and all the stuff that he was doing. So how long, how long ago was that that you met him at that was one of the at breakfasts? Least, yeah, that was at least 10 years ago. See, I find it so fascinating how his connections go back so many years and now this amazing group. So for anybody who wants to join, the Zula is the most, I truly believe the most incredible networking group because we get to talk, we get to connect, but we also get to talk about super, you know, much more on the heart and soul level. And we get to learn things about people that we never would have learned on a global level. And so, you know, we have the Zulas on our, on the Tuesday evenings, which, you know, I'm in California, so I'm going to say Pacific time of 6 p.m. Pacific time. And then, you know, the really early one on Thursday morning, I got to wake up and be there on the call at 530 in the morning. That doesn't that doesn't always happen. But it's like, you know, for anybody who wants to just experience a, a a networking group where we do get to talk business, but not necessarily in that group. We connect afterwards, but it's created the most amazing relationships. And I'm just, I feel so blessed. Um, I'm so blessed to have met you, you know, through this. But the funny thing is, is the irony of how I got connected to this is really goes back a lot of, um, a lot of steps. So when I first was creating this podcast, um, I knew I wanted to do a series about soulmates and how they had chance meetings that turned into the relationships, the good relationships <laughs> that, you know, down, uh, that was all because of chance, but you know, there is no coincidences and that's the whole point of trying to prove this or not prove this, but you know, share this. And the, the couple that I really thought from the beginning would be one of my um, episodes had to back out at the last minute. So do you know Erica O'Grady? Who she yeah, is? absolutely. Okay, yeah. so Erica and Dakota. So I met Erica randomly when I stopped in, in Colorado, which there was no plan of me going to Colorado when I first was visiting a family member in Boston. We ended up stopping in Colorado and that's how I met Erica. And I had this feeling because I have the very strong gift of claircognizance, the gift of knowing. But the funny thing is this gift is like literally wearing a blindfold and not seeing anything. And you know, like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? But I got a pretty good track record of it. I, I gotta admit, but I knew to stay in contact with her. And this was a few years back. And then she went through some really dark times, but I always knew to stay 
with her because I had been through those dark times. And unless you go through those dark times, people don't understand. And that's actually when a lot of people will just leave your side, right? So I just knew to be as big of a support as whatever she needed. And then she came out on the other side and she met, you know, now the love of her life, Dakota. But the story, and that's actually episode eight, there's the most beautiful story of how the two of them met. But I didn't know this. So I, I call her up and, and um, we had just recently reconnected. And I was like, hey, um, you know, do you have a, uh, a good story about how you and Dakota met? And she's like, well, we met on Tinder. I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's a chance meeting. It's like, yeah, but his ex-wife picked me out. And I was like, oh, that's, I gotta interview you guys. Will you do that? So the funny thing is, is I started for the first time doing these Zoom networking meetings and I was connected to one up in Canada called the Grand Connection, a really fun one if you wanna join a Canadian group. But, uh, <laughs> but she's like, you need to check out Jeff Pulver. Now I didn't know who Jeff Pulver was. I'm not part of the tech world. And I was like, okay. And so she's like, no, it's amazing who, you know, uh, who you can connect with and, and just in a totally different way. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I, at this point had gone to the, um, I had just read conversations with God, not that long before. Did you ever read that book? Yep, absolutely. So one of the biggest things about that book is manifesting as being in action and not thinking. So I really realized that once a door opens, walk through. So the next day, literally the next morning, she's messaging me. She's like, you got to jump on this call. There is a, a, a woman who is, um, her name's Karen Pulver, who's actually, you know, Jeff's cousin that uh, has a podcast called Grateful Goddesses. That is why I jumped on the call because Grateful Goddesses, I need to connect with somebody. I hadn't, I still didn't know what the heck the, you know, this networking group was going to be. So it was so funny because again and it was it was it was early in the morning where i did not want to be on a zoom call let's just put it that way and i didn't know if you know it was just kind of like a webinar thing i had no idea what it was about so but i in my mind was like you got to be on this call doors open walk in so i jump on and no joke as soon as i jump on karen pulver is talking about synchronicity and i was like oh i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be <laughs> And then Jeff and I, you know, connected from there and, and, you know, that's how I met Mark Cantor and like all these last few podcasts have all been because of that one specific action. And so that's one of the things I'm trying to share with people is that, yes, you can see the synchronicity, but why my irony is different is it's the synchronicity in motion. It's what mm -hmm. do you do about it? And that's what creates the chain reaction that literally will create miracles in our life in, in addition to others. So I like that very much. Yeah. 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 So now I want to dive into because I remember when we and I have to say you have like the best energy ever. Like every time I see you in a breakout, I mean, you just, well, you know, you got, you, you, you do, you just have the best energy. So every time you're like, and you have a very calming energy. So every time we're like in a breakout room together, I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> but I love the fact that, I mean, like you say, you study Carl Jung. Like I only know him and I, and I'm sorry if I'm not saying his name exactly right, but like, I remember, um, you know, studying him a little bit in, you know, psychology class in, 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 uh, in college, but I don't really know too much about him. So if you'd like to, to share what you've discovered, 
because I know that he's literally the one that created the word of synchronicity, correct? Yeah, I, well, I don't know if he created that word, but he did write a book called Synchronicity, where he does talk about uh, synchronicities, um, basically. Uh, yeah, you know, um, let's see, you know, I wish I wish I had come across Carl Jung earlier in life. I did come across Alan Watts when I was 14, mm -hmm. and that's very similar. Uh, Carl Jung has a very mystical side mm -hmm. that people, most people don't know about, and it's only becoming known now with uh, some of the books that are published recently, which were published posthumously. Uh, posthumously or posthumously? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I, I know. I, one of those. <laughs> so, a tomato, tomato, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so I picked up Alan Watts when I was 14, and then I put it away and went off to have this whole corporate career. And it's only more recently that um, I've done this inner work. And by doing the inner work, I came across Carl Jung. Okay. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, um, in 2009, some 60 some years after Carl Jung passed away, mm -hmm. uh, a book was published, The Red Book. And the red book has to do with uh, Carl Jung's own inner work. Oh. And what he would do is he would have dreams or he would do something called active imagination, which is a special type of meditation uh, where you visualize whatever images come and, and then you dialogue with those images. So something may have come up for you in a dream. Maybe you saw like a lion or something in a dream. Mm -hmm. And then when you wake up, at some point, you'll do an active imagination and you'll bring back the lion and then you'll start to dialogue with the lion to understand why, you know, why were you in my dream? Uh, what is your message to me? Like, what are you trying to convey? Right. And so that's active imagination. Mm -hmm. Which is uh, interesting because very... we actually talked about that in the Zula and I forgot to put out there. It's uh, pulver.com for anybody that's interested in in joining us in these really fun conversations, but we literally just had this just the other day about mm -hmm. dreams. And now here you're sharing that this is what he was like actively doing for his own self-awareness, yeah, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, he was an apprentice to Sigmund Freud. In my opinion, he's, uh, Jung is a genius and much I, smarter than Freud. I, I agree, I, I'm not a big, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm not a big Freud fan because it's too much in your head. You know, it's not connecting to mm -hmm. the other, the other side. No. Yeah, and so Jung and Freud, um, even though Freud was uh, kind of like a mentor to Jung, mm -hmm. they had a rift because Jung um, one day said, "Well, look, um, I don't, I don't think everything is about the libido. It's not all about sex. That's not the only drive. Right." There, there are more things going on. And Freud was very established by that time and very respected um, father of psycho, uh, psycho um, analytics and so uh, psychology. And so, um, you know, for Freud, it was it was difficult to accept this. And so they had a rift and Carl Jung was ostracized and alienated from the psychoanalytic community. And he almost had, um, you know, like a breakdown or a psychotic break. And during those three years, he was having very vivid imagery in his mm -hmm. dreams or just in, even in waking life. And he would write those down and he would do the active imagination. He would write it down. He would also draw. And so 
what's incredible is how well Carl Jung draws. His art is oh. actually beautiful art. Really? And he would draw what he saw in dreams. Oh, wow. And through this process, he, he wrote um, The Red Book, mm -hmm. which was only published 60 years after his death. You know, I think, um, you know, from The Red Book, he developed all these concepts. The concept of the self, the anima, the animus, the shadow, uh, the archetypes. Uh, all of this came from his like three-year period that he worked on the Red Book right. more intensely. And um, but it wasn't ready to come out at that time. It would have been well. Too, so it was ready radical. to come out because he yeah well yeah because he realized that he has two personalities. One is the personality which is the spirit of the times. And this is the personality, like the mask or the persona that he used to be with society. Mm -hmm. And then he had another personality, which is the spirit of the depths. And that spirit of the depths is the one that would see these archetypes and all this other inner stuff that was going on. Yeah. But he realized that he cannot bring the spirit of the depths out into the world or people would think that he's a madman. Yes. And he wanted to be respected for, you know, in the field of psychology and and also to kind of create more of a science out of psychology. And so not to bring any kind of mysticism or spirituality into psychology, yeah. just to more science-based. And so he had his uh, personality number one, which is the spirit of the times. And the personality number two <clears throat> is what you'll find when you open the Red Book. Um, and that's the mystical aspect. Oh, I need to get this book. <laughs> yeah. So... So it's wow. been really interesting going into that. But really what, what that means is when you uh, when you get the Red Book mm -hmm. or it comes into your life and you start reading it, it kind of kicks off that own process in yourself because then you're like, oh, well, let me let me think about my own dreams. What is coming up? Let me try to do active imagination with what's coming up in my dreams. And that can be very revealing. Mm -hmm. It can bring you incredible insights. Yeah. Well, are you familiar? I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Brian Weiss. Have you read his yes. book? And mm -hmm. Many it's, Lives, Many Masters. Many Lives, Many Masters. But have you read his other books? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go down the spiritual rabbit hole of those books. Those books are so beautifully profound in such a simple way. Like Many Lives, Many Masters is literally the tip of the iceberg of what he discovers. But it's so interesting because in a, a psychiatrist, a very well-renowned psychiatrist, he risked his entire career to write that first book. But it is thanks to that book that I'm alive. I would have absolutely committed suicide if it wasn't for that book. That was That's my, amazing. yeah, that was my wow. saving grace. And it showed up and it was gifted to me. So it wasn't even me trying to find it. It was literally gifted to me. And so that's with this, with my rainy also, as I'm trying to bring this awareness of how we can start looking from our higher self perspective and understanding that no matter what we go through, our higher selves chose it. We are not the victims of anything in our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, there's another really profound book called um, Know Your Soul, Find Joy Within. And it was a, it was a, a gentleman, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I should have looked, well, I didn't know I was going to be talking about it, but, <laughs> um, but he actually, these messages, he were, they were channeled from like Archangel Michael. He received these messages Wow. and it's really, really interesting because the breakdown of it is that we have our soul that is whole and complete, 
but then it splits in a way where we have our higher self and those are the lessons where we're um, asking ourselves to, you know, to go through to gain greater awareness. And then we have our personality and that's the ego. And that's what gives free will. And it's really, really fascinating to look at it from like that breakdown, but from that higher perspective. And I, I also find it amazing how we're able to talk so much more openly without just sounding like a bunch of crazy people. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, <clears throat> you know, I, I think uh, like Brian Weiss and, and uh, is it Gary Zukov and, and yeah. those people that were writing and Alan Watts that were writing about this stuff back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. That I think took real courage because the world was such a different place. Yeah. It seems like now there's kind of a global uh, rise in consciousness or maybe awakening. Yes. Or something is going on where it is more possible now to talk about these things uh, more openly. And uh, it's it's kind of like people's consciousness is not, are now ready, is now ready to kind of accept this information or yeah. you know, knowledge yeah uh, so I, I absolutely really oh i'm sorry you're saying you find it really no. no so i find it really interesting how how it's developed and how it's evolving and how now we can talk about this much more openly yeah absolutely i mean because i mean me personally you know when you go through a lot of things if you're like you know i, I couldn't imagine not believing in something greater because I'm like, what, what, what's the point? You know, what's, what really is the point of life otherwise? But why would some people go through what they do and other people, you know, just nothing, you know, just live a very simple life where, you know, it's just, it's just so fascinating when we can start really, you know, figuring out the pieces of the puzzles for ourselves. But Many Lives, Many Masters was my gateway book where it was like for the first time, I mean, because I went through some really crazy times where um, I was engaged and married in six days because my father was terminally ill. He passed away one week to the time that I got married. My uh, then husband left me 11 months into our marriage after leaving me for a girl who worked for me who decided she wanted her, she wanted my husband and left hers. (laughs) While we owned a restaurant together, then she became pregnant. And that's when I tried to kill myself. I couldn't handle it. And then, wow. yeah, so I'm giving you, this is all in episode one. So if you, you choose to check it out, it's a, it's a crazy story. But I realized that that all had to happen, even though I had a really great relationship and people were like, how could you have a good relationship with something like that? No, it's, it's not that. There's nothing, I actually feel like all this was a gift because um, ultimately, you know, my, my married name was not Myronic. I had to go back to being Myronic so I could bring Myrony to the world. <laughs> But along the way, I was given these incredible signs and synchronicities to keep me honestly alive until I figured out why all this had been happening. Because I truly feel that I was one of those lost in that I didn't even know, I, I, I didn't know where my spirituality was. I was one of those, you know, I, I was, I, I was a total universe girl and, um, and I actually, I'm just going to share after all this happened was when I tapped into my father's energy who passed. And at one point he told me, he's like, you need to switch your way of thinking. And he gave me one of the most profound messages. And he said, um, and I I know people will be like, oh, you know, she's crazy. But um, the message was, you need to believe in the Holy Family. 
And I was like, the Holy Family, I was brought up Catholic and I was like, what, Catholicism is the answer? And he, and the answer was no, it's like Taoism with the Holy Family. So it switched me to start looking at it from a biblical perspective. But then I realized just a little bit ago, the Holy Family is everybody who's doing God's work. Now, if people don't want to say God, that's okay too. I, you know, it's just that I have finally accepted that. That's actually winky right there is how I represent God. Winking at us. Full of love. love. Yeah, full of love with an awesome sense of humor. <laughs> you, you know, that, you know, that there's just so much more, such such a greater picture. And, um, you know, but if people aren't ready to say that, that's okay too. But it's just to bring, you know, really to just bring awareness that maybe there is something so much greater than what we can understand. But it was all because of my... I hate to say, you know, my dead father giving me this message. When you get a message like that, you pay attention, right? <laughs> but then I started looking at it from a much, much deeper because I realized I was one of those people of judgment where I put God in a box known as religion. Not that there's anything wrong with religion, but I could not accept just one way of thinking. But I realized I'm missing out on all the beautiful spiritual text out there in the sense of like, maybe we're all given different pieces of the puzzle so we can all put it together and have one much bigger view. And I feel like right now that that is actually what's happening and I just love it more and more. And so when we connected in the, um, uh, you know, in our little breakout rooms of the Zula and then I found out, you know, Carl Jung and, and it was really funny because I think Carl Jung's name just started popping up all over the place. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, it's just fun when we can chat about this because I don't know about you, but, um, you know, my ironies have run my life that I didn't even know for so long. What's um, some of your best myronic stories? Yeah, you know, um, it's hard to think about uh, because kind of life happens and it happens perfectly and things kind of sequence together. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think about some of the bigger moments in, in my in my life and how they happen. And those are uh, myronic. Um, uh, you know, you have um, a lot of myronistic events, right? So instead of synchronistic, yeah. you're calling it myronistic now. <laughs> myronistic, yes. I have a lot of uh, myronistic uh, events and big events. Um, the way I met my ex-wife, for example, and, and uh, that kind of thing. So those big events kind of had myronies behind it or that led up to it. Uh, but then, you know, there's also like the small things, like small signs that you'll notice in daily life. They can be like, actually oh. the smallest sign. It does like yes. the, the tiniest I mean, it's the most insignificant thing that you think is insignificant. And that's actually going to be the biggest yeah. impact as long as you follow it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, if if when you learn how to tune in to the world, yeah. like you tune in and then you start to notice these signs and you're like, oh, that's incredible. Like you had a question in your mind or you're like trying to figure out something out and then randomly something <laughs> is there. And it's pointing the way. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? There it is. Yeah. And it could be anything. Yeah. You know, often it can be unusual animals that cross your path. Like if you, like, uh, you know, I live in Miami, and so <clears throat> I don't see um, snakes hardly ever. 
Okay. But then, you know, I'll be out bike riding and a snake will cross my path. <laughs> and then the same week, another snake will cross my path. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. I haven't seen a snake in two years. And now in a single week. Right. I've two seen snakes. Like, what's going on? And then you try to connect that to, okay, well, what am I thinking about? And what is the answer here? And what is the snake trying to, um, you know, communicate or convey? Mm -hmm. Kind of like an active Im imagination with the snake that actually appeared in real life yeah. but what is it trying to communicate to me and so you know i know that this may sound like well i mean that's crazy alex like what are you doing like right but yeah. when you look there are messages if oh, you choose absolutely. to look and you take the time there are messages in those things and at the very least at least it make it makes life a lot more fun so even if there's nothing to this at all, it makes it a lot more fun to say, oh, my God, what an incredible, magical place this planet is. We're full of messages. With a lot of freaking humor, <laughs> like hilarious. Exactly. I don't know if you I mean, I I'm constantly clapping like good, good job like that. Like I can't even even this connection is just is just so incredible in my opinion because i've like all because i chose you know how many times do we get invited to something and it's like whether or not we're really going to pay attention to it right. you know like it's it, it's so incredible like especially right now like we're being inundated by okay do this zoom do this do this do this when it comes to networking and, and these zoom calls but the, the, but the biggest thing was that the intuitive pull was so strong. It was like, no, you got to be on like right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what is really, and I think where you've tapped into that. And I actually, I like to say it's a discover myrony in your inner superpower. Because when we can tap into that part of our, our, our soul and how it speaks to us, like that is just so powerful. And we literally can just let that be a, a, the guide. And like, I like to call, you know, it's like we connect these dots, but I like to call them spiritual breadcrumbs. And sometimes it's a little tiny crumb. And sometimes it's a giant loaf of bread. Maybe it's a baguette, you know, <laughs> but then, you know, sometimes it's just so, so small, but you're like, something just makes you be like, ah, oh, yeah, pay attention. Like my myronies come in license plates. If you saw my pictures, you would see me, you would see so many stupid license plates that you'd be like, what the heck is up with this girl? <laughs> but the funny thing is, is I don't normally take pictures. I'm not a picture kind of person. Um, I, and so once I started recognizing this was to connect dots for me down the line, then it really was like, okay, and so that's the, you know, I think what, I think what you're trying to do in, you know, addition, what I'm trying to, is just bringing this greater awareness for people, because it really does transform our lives when we can connect on this level. Yeah. You know, so I think uh, it's interesting um, to understand what else is going on. Like, what is that greater <clears throat> power or awareness that is happening? So I was raised in a very kind of rational way. Mm -hmm. And I went to, I even went to business school and everything was very rational and logical. My corporate career also, mm -hmm. um, and very much science-based. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but like lately, I've been, you know, 
trying to understand, well, why, like, what is, what was all of that about? Like, what was all that programming? Like, right. how was I programmed by education to just learn about certain things and not other things? And how was I programmed by religion right. to believe certain things? How does my culture program me? How does the, even language program me? How does the media environment, uh, the laws I'm subjected to, the politics? What are all these layers of programming that I believe so strongly in? And are they true? Right. Or is there more knowledge out there? Mm -hmm. For example, in school, I was never taught any kind of indigenous knowledge. Mm. But indigenous tribes have a lot of knowledge, have a lot of natural knowledge about the earth. But in my schooling, there was none of that at all. No, no, absolutely. And I just really quick, there's an incredible book called Mutant Messages Down Under. Have you ever read that book? No, I haven't. It is one of the most powerful books. I actually just shared this in another episode, but it was um, uh, this woman was invited to uh, join, um, to go on a walkabout with this Aboriginal tribe in Australia. And this these being these people are like these highly evolved beings in human form where they literally can manifest anything out of absolutely nothing it is one of the most you you would love this book i'll share you know i know like give you that book because you'll it, it's it's so profound in the sense of manifesting from the place of true understanding what manifesting is which is absolute faith in knowing that it just is yeah that's that's interesting so i'd love to I'll, I'll look that up so so then i'm thinking well why did uh why did my schooling for example kind of teach me and program me to believe these things and not those things and right. specifically why did it teach me like dominance over nature and dominance over like indigenous knowledge mm -hmm. and to favor the rational and scientific knowledge um, what else is there out there? And then I'm looking at science and I'm like, okay, well, science is really important because it leads us to progress. For example, <clears throat> you know, we can have the Zoom call thanks to science. Yes. Science is incredibly important. We can have buildings and aircraft and all we kinds can't of things. We can't deny science. science yeah, is... so we can't deny science and science helps us understand the world. Yes, right? absolutely. But does science explain everything and can science explain everything? And what is it that science cannot or will not ever be able to explain and what is going on there and so for example science cannot explain consciousness what is consciousness well science can't explain consciousness because consciousness creates science so science is a subset of consciousness so it's a big umbrella called consciousness and inside that umbrella you have science so science will never be able to in my opinion explain what consciousness is yes. right and so then what else is under that field of consciousness that science cannot explain? Yes. And isn't it our highest calling to understand that? Because we are able to. Mm -hmm. Because we are able to understand that there's awareness and consciousness, doesn't it behoove us to try to understand what that is? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So then, Do you, have, yeah, you, so, have you read um, Proof of Heaven? No, I haven't. So Proof of Heaven is such an interesting book. It's exactly what you're talking about. He actually was a, a neurosurgeon, an agnostic neurosurgeon. So he understood the brain 
very well. And he ends up going into a coma where he has like a very slim chance of living because he develops bacterial meningitis and goes into this coma. And he goes into this alter reality, but he's like, I did not, it was not the brain making it up. And he even says, I believe I went through this experience as someone who did not believe because I only believed in science to be the messenger that there is something more. And it's such a be amazingly powerful book that is in complete alignment with what you're saying right now. Okay, that sounds great. So, so then, um, you know, uh, so lifting lifting those veils of programming, of education, religion, media, laws, whatever, all lifting all that. What do I have? I come to the conclusion. Well, I have a body on a planet. It's an incredible planet. You know, in the middle of the universe, we have the Earth, and I happen to have a body on this planet. You know, yeah. <laughs> like there's and there's this body on this planet. That is like the most basic truth I can get to, mm -hmm. is that there's this body on this planet. Right. And so, was was this body then meant to, like, be so like immersed in society and stressed by society, by this society that we have, very consumerist um, society, full of stresses you know, full of expectations. Um, you know, what is this? And why is my time so entirely consumed by this society? And by, you know, by being in it, by working in it, by paying bills, by, you know, by keeping a busy schedule, by going to the gym and going out. And like, how did society take up all the time of my body on this planet? Right. And, and so, you know, so what is that relationship? And why is that like leading to stress? Like, why am I stressed out by it? Why do I lose sleep over it? Why, you know, people get sick? Why are they getting sick? It, how is the stress creating the sickness? You know, what is happening there? And isn't it our, like, highest calling to understand this and to understand I, we have a body on the planet. Yeah. What is going on, actually? And what is this game of society? And what else is there to understand? Um, and so that's where all this internal work has brought me to. And, 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 you know, as you do this, or as I do this, I see that there's an incredible miracle in life. Yeah. It's an incredible miracle to being alive yeah. and to enjoying, enjoying the fact that, yes, I do have a body on this planet. And okay, well, let me interface with society for a while. Okay, now I don't want to, let me be alone for a while, but just enjoying this incredible miracle because it's not it doesn't last that long no you know at best it's maybe like a hundred years if you're lucky like how long does this life last it mm -hmm. goes by too quickly like it seems like a long time especially if you're depressed it seems like wow man what's going on with my life right you know but then um there's another way to look at it is but you know what it's only like a hundred years so what am i doing with my life like what is you know absolutely and, right so there's different ways of looking at things. So I have a question because we all have these abilities, but um, from the, the Claire's, do you feel like you have, um, did you, when you were younger, because when we're younger is when we're able to tap into things. And then we somehow, some of us hold on to it and some of us, you know, let it go. And then maybe we'll tap into it later on. But do you feel like you, you know, between clairvoyancy or clairaudience or clairsentience or claircognizance, do you connect to to those for yourself? 
Yeah, what I realize is that I have had a strong intuition. Mm-hmm. And, but it's always like in hindsight, I'm like, you know what? I knew that there was something uh, not okay here. And but that's actually didn't... the biggest point of this is for people to not ignore that intuition. Like right. just always, and, and that's where um, in conversations with God, which is actually how I ended up being connecting with you is because it says, if you truly want to manifest something, now I'm paraphrasing, if you truly want to manifest something, you have to act. As soon as you think you have killed the act. So it's like when you have that intuition, it's just like, just do it. It's like when our brain is being the, well, what if this and what if that? And, you know, is this the right thing? It's like, no, sit for a second. What is your gut telling you? And then just act on it. Yeah, it's so important to speak your truth right at that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, without hurting the other, but kind of speaking your truth and not letting it go. Um, Well, I think there's a difference between reacting and thinking and then acting. You know, it's like we do have to recognize, is it our ego that wants to speak or is it, you know, our higher self speaking from that perspective? Like, I I truly believe that a lot of this um, acting is the puzzle pieces are the people we're meant to connect with. And sometimes when things aren't going the way we want it to go, you know, there's a different divine timing. (laughs) It's because we were, there's some, there's some other thing that we're able to create, but that's where we have free will. We can totally go against it. But if we stay on the path of, um, of, of listening from that higher self and listening from our intuitive, our inner intuitive voice, not the voice that's, you know, running our head, but our intuitive voice, you know, it's a little bit more silent sometimes that will lead us on a path that is so truly profound when we can tap into this ability. Now, some of us have much stronger gifts than others, but everybody has this ability. And I think everybody can turn it into a gift. And so one of the, um, there, there's a beautiful message that um, uh, received that was one foot leads straight, the other is misguided. Both are necessary and always present. Make sure to follow the straight foot because it's the fastest path to your destiny. And mm-hmm. that to me is exactly listening to our intuitive voice that will lead yeah. us more straight than meandering and going all over creation to get to that more straight line. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So I can't say that I have any of the other Claire's, um, you know, and. Um, well, Claire Cognizance, if that gift of knowing that's actually people consider that's one of the strongest ones because it is really right. going on faith. It, I mean, it's right. on level of such faith because you're not getting an image. You're not hearing something. You're not yeah. feeling something. You're just you're just knowing something. Right. And so then I always, uh, so I need to, like, I've learned that I need to evaluate that against, well, like you said, it's not that inner voice. It's not the inner critic. Okay. So that's not what, what it is. Right. It's also, uh, is it coming from the ego? Okay. No. And then also, is it coming from like some kind of past trauma? Mm-hmm. Like is my past trauma giving me this intuition? Right. Because then that's yeah. not, that's not truth or reality either. That's just my, that's just another filter that can distort reality. So intuition is like more pure than that. It doesn't include trauma, ego, or the inner voice, Correct. right? Something else. And that's powerful. 
Yeah, well, that was the thing that, um, so when my life fell apart, it was because of this one event um, that uh, I knew, like I was given every sign from above not to go to this, to this event, which is what was this um, shift that happened. But I also went against my intuition. And there's very few times I've gone against my intuition, but this was one of the times. And then from that moment on, because my life literally fell apart, I made a vow never to go against that, no matter how crazy it seemed, just to go with it. And it has led me down some really, really interesting paths when it comes to careers where, you know, but these, all these things have been my stepping stone because I truly believe my mission is to help get this word out there and to share this awareness and, and be another, another speaker on this, you know, because a lot of the people that were, that had opened the doors, we now, to, we need to open them wider, right. You know, and, and bring it to the masses and not just people who are just searching for themselves but bringing the awareness that then maybe they will choose to, you know, dig deeper for themselves. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to do. But I mean, I have to say the, the, um, <laughs> the myronies that have led me in the most, I mean, my jobs have been, I even created, it's actually funny. One of the reasons why I, I know you and we can go into a conversation different, differently. It doesn't have to be in this podcast, but I actually was told I had to become a designer for these, um, uh, like those high-end closets. And it was so that I would meet certain people <laughs> to continue the journey. And I'm like, wait, design closets? Like, wait, I've been a life insurance agent. I, I sold uh, I sold cars. I sold Jaguars, Land Rovers. My background, I used to own a restaurant. I lost that, a fine dining restaurant. I lost that when the economy took a dive in 08. But like, I have like this crazy career list that I'm just like, what the heck, you know, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> but it was all to connect with people. And so I, I, I say, you know, the, the puzzle that's known as life the myronies show up to put the pieces together, but the pieces are really the people. So I'm mm -hmm. so happy to now have you as a piece of the puzzle of my, of my puzzle of, of life and connecting. Cause I know, I know you and I are meant to do more because we're so in, we're so in tune to this. And I know, mm -hmm. and with what you're saying, I truly believe, you know, we were, I truly believe we were divinely brought together, you know, sure. to, yeah, help, to help, to help, bring this message, this universal message that I know okay. everybody ultimately is, it, you know, our souls know. It's just sometimes, you know, it's like how many, how many, how many shells around the soul, you know, do we have to like, you know, peel or break open for the soul to be like, yes, yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. So, so this has yeah. been so much fun, Alex. And, um, uh, how, um, how can people connect with you and, you know, find out because actually I know you're, I mean, besides being a cult, uh, consultant, you're also a public speaker, right? Is that's what I saw. Yeah. So my career continues to be in digital marketing and, and right now during COVID I've pivoted and I teach digital marketing to small business owners. And so far this year, over 200 small business owners have gone through my programs. It's a five week course. Uh, so that's this year. That's a pivot year, you know, kind of a transition time. Awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the best way to, is to find me um, online on, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Alex DiCarvalho. I'm pretty easy to find. You just Google me. 
Yeah, um, you you have you have a name, a unique name. Like uh, <laughs> there's only one of me. There's there's no one with my name out there. <laughs> um, you know, I I do want to mention in terms of irony, there's a book called The Surrender Experiment by okay. Michael Singer, by Michael Singer, and it's an extraordinary book, and he's been very successful. Um, however, he has like in the book he explains how he allowed things to happen in his life like there would be these strong signs and that's what he would go with mm -hmm. and it it led to an incredible life um but it's a it's a fantastic book the surrender experiment i will definitely check out that book i know i gave the recommendations i am all i'm all about what the red book and the surrender experience i'm definitely i know at some point on this podcast i'm going to be having um you know, we're going to just do a one just on books, like get someone. <laughs> and in the future, I actually want to bring back my guests as guest co-hosts. So if you'd like to be a guest co-host at some time, that would be oh, really, that would be really fun. So, well, thank you so much, Alex. This has been absolutely amazing. I hope, um, I hope you enjoyed this fun story on talking or, you know, fun conversation about synchronicity and, and myronies because Again, myrony is actually different than synchronicity. It really is, as you say, that surrender experience. It is, it's surrendering to the synchronicity and just being in action and, and flow of it. So, so yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, thank you so much, Alicia. So, it's thank you. And uh, to all the listeners, I'll see you next time. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle, but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's Myrony.com, where you can share your unbelievable Myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their Myronies on social media in addition to their selfies? And remember, if something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic, it's not ironic at all. It's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you next time.